Hello and welcome to another episode of Drinks with Sarah. Today I am having drinks uh, with my friend Andrew Valone. Hello again. Andrew uh, runs Savor Tours, Savor the Experience Tours, uh, which he's been doing for how many years now? Next year will be 16. What? How can that be? That's so weird. Uh, so 16 years of doing tours to interesting places. And today we are in Romania and we are drinking Romanian Chardonnay. And I don't remember how we say that in in Romanian uh, white wine. It's a Chardonnay. Uh, it's uh, al- 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 Alba, I think. Alba, yeah. Is white. The, and it's vin. vin. Vin Alba. Vin Alba, okay. so Adjective after the noun. Yeah, and Romanian wine, I'm not so convinced yet, but we're going to give it a try and we'll take our group over to a, a winery soon enough to try some maybe slightly higher quality. Uh, reminds me of the, the wine my grandparents used to drink. <laughs> Anywho, uh, so Andrew and I are just hanging out in Romania uh, on our tour that we're doing together here. And it occurred to me to tell you guys, first of all, a little bit how I know Andrew, um, which is, I've known you for what, like 25 years, something like that, about 25 years. So when we were back in college, I was living in Seattle and you moved after college to, uh, to Seattle. Yep. From San Diego. From San Diego, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then we just ended up through mutual friends, like we had mutual friends who liked weird stuff. <laughs> movies, lots of weird movies. I we think. liked weird movies, yeah. yeah, bad, bad, weird B movies, and so. Uh, but the other thing we had in common when we were in college or post college was our love of travel to weird places, and so that's kind of what I thought we'd talk about today: is what, why do we go to places that are not normal, and also just the idea of travel, like what is a normal place to travel, and why do people all go to the same places? So I guess that's maybe the best place to start is, uh, why do you think, Andrew, that people all seem to go to the same places, travel-wise? Well, I mean, I think I think for me, I could say I travel, uh, how I travel is some kind of extension of my personality, mm-hmm. and I'm drawn to things that aren't, that aren't mainstream or or different, or let's say not as popular, because I don't necessarily feel like, oh, I better go buy the most popular CD or go to this film that's the the most popular. And when I started traveling, I kind of knew, okay, there's there's Paris, there's London, there's all these places, which I think I can go to anytime. I mean, now I feel like I go to anytime. And I wanted to, like, what are all these other places in the world? Because, like, and why? how come no one's talking about them? That's like my more inquisitive curiosity. Why, why do you think that everybody seems to go to the same places? Well, nowadays, I think it's it's just because they're hooked in with like, I have to have this bucket list or this checklist that people seem to, they don't know why they want to go there. They just know they have to because they have to check it off or they have to have a photo on Instagram about it. Yeah. Um, and it also kind of seems like sometimes people... For people go someplace because it's popular and then they take pictures and then they post them and they say they had a great time, but maybe they didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and maybe they don't have a point of reference like, oh, OK, this was was cool to take a picture at or whatever. But can they compare it to other places they've been that aren't, let's say, cool or trendy or or hip? So I think if you only go to these popular places, you can't you don't know. What's on the, let's say, the other side of the mountain? Like, what are these places that yeah. are perhaps more authentic or more original? Um, and also, I think 
For me, I like to be treated like people want me there. I like to be treated that, oh, you'd like my money and you, you're glad I'm coming to your place and I'm having a good time. Yeah. And that's harder to do when you're showing up in, with all these other like masses of tourism herds uh, to, to places. It's yeah, hard to so get that. You, I think people view you more as an invader than they do as like a potential new friend, for example, when you're in a place like Paris or when you're in a place where there's just a bazillion people. Yeah, I think like here in Romania, certainly it's we're more of a curiosity. Oh, I think a lot of people would say would be glad we came to their country, but they would probably want to know well, why did you come here? Yeah, uh, you know why aren't you in all these 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 other places? Um, and I don't mind that. I I I find that like it, interesting. They would want to know that rather than like oh please buy your crap and leave. <laughs> yeah. So what was the first place you went to that was kind of considered to be unconventional? Because I remember the first place I went to. I it was in 1994, and I got on a train to Budapest because. That just sounded super exotic. It was right after the fall of the Berlin Wall. And I remember going there and it was it really felt like we were going into like a gulag movie. And <laughs> it was kind of exciting, you know, and they didn't know what to do with us. Nobody spoke English and nobody knew what to do with us. And, it, and But the reason we went in reality is that we were really poor, poor <laughs> students. And we were just looking for cheap hostel and cheap food, which we did find back then. So what, what pushed you to go to a different place and what was the most the first exotic place you ever went? To. Well, the first exotic place I went to was really the first place I ever went to outside of North America. Yeah. And it just happened to be Vladivostok, which is a Russian port city on the Pacific Ocean, because that's where the Trans-Siberian Railway starts. And I figured I'm going to start my journey. Like, why? If I'm going to, if I'm going to go to some strange places, you might as well start out strange, and then later on in your trip, maybe go to places more normal. How did? So, wait, how did you even get to Vladivostok? <laughs> How do you even get there? You go to Alaska? No. I went through Alaska. Tw oh. Believe it or not, 20 years ago, yeah. somehow Alaska Airlines in Seattle had twice weekly flights through Anchorage and a bunch of other places and eventually got you into Vladivostok. What? Now Nowadays, I can't believe, like, well, who, who the hell was going, who was buying these tickets other than, like, my dad and I went there to take the train. But how could, you know, two planes a week go to Vladivostok when, honestly, I don't know if anyone knows what's in Vladivostok. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah. So I just kind of started it like, well, yeah. let's start the whole journey in a place that that no one else has been to or no one else would think of even going to. And so maybe in some ways after that, after a week on a train in, in a country that has a completely different alphabet than yours, everything else after that's a little easy, actually, you know, because like that's going to should be as weird as it gets. Yeah, I definitely feel like all of the time I've spent in Sicily has made everything else in the world seem like a piece of cake. Like, I, I mean, I'm not intimidated by anything after that. So I understand that feeling. So Vladivostok, that was the first time you ever left North America? That was the first time really? I ever uh, Yeah, it's, it's yeah. And I, and I it's, didn't know that. Yeah, it's, that was the, it, it's just a strange thing because yeah. it's, it's so far away from everything else. I mean, yeah. I think the only thing it's close to is North Korea. So that's all I need to say <laughs> okay. about that. <laughs> so you just started off by going to weird places. So the big mainstream stuff, I guess that makes sense because that, that is kind of like the group of friends that we met with all people who were a little countercultural and did their own thing. So, yeah. And, and there were a bunch of people when we were, that we were friends with that we all kept going to Eastern Europe in the late 90s. And part of it was just because for me, it was the exotic factor, but also it was the cheap factor. Like every time that I'd land in Germany intending to 
to explore Germany, I'd go and try to buy myself like a hot dog and it would cost five bucks. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to go back to the Czech Republic or Bratislava or something where it's cheap. So I went to weird places and especially Eastern Europe in my early travel career, just because I was cheap. Yeah, and then that was a. I mean, that was part of it for me. I mean, my do, my dollar would last a lot longer in those places, and I think I think okay, twenty years ago, okay, not as many people spoke English, but it wasn't like you know, it wasn't like I landed on Mars or something like that. So it was like okay, maybe I do a little bit more work here, but you you got you got treated well. You had the kind of the place to yourself, and I really think even if you don't go to di- like strange places, even if you go to places that a lot of people go, but you don't go at the same time of the year as everyone else does. There's something to be said for having a place to yourself. And I really feel like a lot of the places I, I really love that I go to a lot, I kind of feel that way. Like these are my places. Like I'll share them with everyone else yeah. or let's say others who travel well. But that's like, I feel, I, I'll admit, I feel special because I'm there and I know it and not everyone else knows it. And if, if you go to a place like the Eiffel Tower, you're sharing it with basically 6 billion people in the world. Yeah, that's true. So the places that you're hot on these days are like, what, Georgia? Georgia. Not in the United States, the other one. Yes, the the country. The country. (laughs) Uh, Azerbaijan is one that you're interested Uh, in. Yeah, Azerbaijan. What what other places? uh, This place, Romania. This is my third visit to Romania this year. I mean, it's a little easy because I live in Europe. But but still, it's not like, oh, I'm just going to come here and it's a one-off and just because it's strange. It's a place I actually really like and I feel very comfortable in. And I think there's also something to, to, to be said to like... For people to, to if they f- travel to a place that they find themselves comfortable in, and I'm I live in Slovenia and I probably am more comfortable there than I was in America, uh, that it's that's the important thing. Like, are you comfortable? Uh, I don't feel like I want to go to some bizarro place on the earth just to say, oh, Sarah, I went to yeah. some country that you don't even know exists just so I can say it. I I really want to go to find something or maybe find some connection. Yeah, I think that there is definitely a desire in tourism these days to either check the boxes, that's the one thing that drives Mm -hmm. me crazy, or to be the one who's done this one unique weird thing that nobody else has done. It seems like there's two different motivations there. Um, So I don't, I think that for, for me when I'm traveling, as far as going to weird places, it's not weird places. I'm just trying to go places where you're going to have authentic interactions, and I mean, it seems to me you could do that in pretty much any place, even in places like Paris. You can certainly find parts of Paris that you can have authentic interactions with because they're not jammed with uh, with tourists. But sometimes we can find entire countries like Romania really doesn't have any tourists in it. No, it doesn't. Like you said, I mean, you can go. We were just in in parts of uh, Friuli and Veneto in Italy. Yeah. And Italy is if it's not the most touristed country in the world, it would have to be probably second place. Um, and we're, you know, we're the probably one of the few non-Italians in that area of Italy because most people does, don't even know it exists. But it is. It's about finding something that's authentic still and, yeah. and, 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 and the sense of discovery. I think sometimes when you look at all these pictures and read all these articles, before you go to a place, you already feel like you've been there. And even that's kind of off-putting. You're like, well, gosh, do I even know? I read the book and I saw all the all the Instagram pics. Do I even need to go there anymore? Because I already know what it's going to be like. Yeah, yeah. So when people are thinking about traveling and they want to try going to more weird places, do you have any 
uh, any ideas on how to go about finding an interesting destination other than looking at social media because that's obviously kind of gonna ruin it. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, sometimes what I what I do now is I type in a country and I write. I write the country's name and or the region or the city or whatever and travel blog. And, I and of course, there's a lot of blogs out there. But some specific places, like instead of getting the Wikipedia version of something, it's good to be like, okay, these these three or four different travelers went to one place that I'm kind of interested in. Yeah. And, and see, what did they see there? When did they go? What was it like? Kind of get an idea that way. Yeah. Um, and, and if you could read, if there are good bloggers out there, and if you read some of them, you get a better like personal insight of like what their experience was. And I do that now, and I'm like, okay, this place didn't sound so interesting, but then I went and read about it from people who like kind of wrote a very personal uh, uh, account of their travels there. I yeah. think that I think I think that's a, a good point. And also, just I would buy guidebooks that, of countries. I bought a guidebook to a country called Slovenia 21 years ago because yeah. I was like, this is a cool cover. I don't know what this country is. I read the book. It sounded interesting. I went there and now I live there. So I think sometimes it's just even as simple as, as that. Maybe challenge yourself and say, I'm going to I'm gonna read about some place that I know nothing about or maybe even never heard of. And you might end up wanting to go there. That could be actually a fun winter project to go to your local library and just check out a bunch of random travel books on different destinations, like guidebooks. Well, because, by the way, I have to put in a plug for guidebooks because I know that travel bloggers reading them, it's very popular, and I'm also a blogger in some respects. But travel guidebooks, oh my goodness, are they're a labor of love, and they, they have serious information. So I definitely have to give a plug to, to your local travel guidebook writer. But that could be a really fun winter project. Just go and pick up a guidebook to Mozambique and then pick up a guidebook to, I don't know, you know, Pakistan or I don't know, whatever. And because there are guidebooks to every country in the world, basically, and just read them for a little light reading. That could be fun. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, I, you know, I could spend a couple of days reading through a book and I and I feel like, oh, well, shoot, I didn't like now I want to go there. Like I didn't I just like I, like you said, I, got, I would get things from the library and um, of places that you, you, you maybe you know the name, but you don't know anything about. And sometimes, yeah, Mozambique would be like, hey, I should go get a book next week on Mozambique because I know the name, but I don't know. Would, would there be anything there of interest? And it could be like, wow, maybe maybe in two years from now, that'll be like the, the trip I'm dying to do. You just really kind of don't know. You, you kind of need to expose yourself. Uh, to all these options out there. So when you find a new destination that has piqued your interest, because I know especially you've done a lot of travels in the Baltics, especially before that became sort of trendy, and now you're going off into these former Soviet republics and you're doing tours and things. Uh, what is your approach to be being able to do your first trip there, like a scouting trip before you've put together a tour or anything else, or and before you have contacts? Like, how do you do that? So I, I mean I I have to see what's there what am I in, and what am I interested in I'm not interested most places I'm not interested in everything or what am I most interested in Yeah um and I have to find like I'm a I'm a logistics person so I have to figure out I don't want to just go there and like randomly be try to be everywhere and you can't it's like okay this could kind of work without too much stress the older you get the less I really I don't really want to do a 13 hour train ride or whatever so what can I do that's not so taxing that's that's in a certain area and then I'm like what's there okay there's the where could I stay what could I eat all those kind of things that see stuff 
I think a really good thing is I always do this when I'm going to do a scouting trip. I really need to talk to a local person there. Yeah. I mean, you could read as much as you want or read accounts of bloggers or things like that. But um, how do you find a local person? Well, sometimes sometimes you it's as easy as okay, there's a whatever guides of whatever, or there's different companies now these whatever tour radars or different things where you can put in any destination on earth and they're going to give you at least one or two guides that run that live there and do and do day trips yes yeah, so you can maybe call like the tourist information and ask for a list of local guides and then there are companies like local Lures, for example is one that i know works in different places where you can actually get together with the local you pay but yeah. they'll cook you dinner or yeah. they'll take you out for drinks or something yeah there's yeah. one i think also called uh, spotted by locals and i use that yeah um uh i used to use that a, a, a lot more when i didn't live here to kind of get the scoop on things and and some of the, those are people who are just like locals they're not necessarily even working as tour guides but they're gonna like hey this is where we like to go or yeah. this is where my friends like to yeah, go yeah actually my friend stacy jaboni who's an artist she writes for them in venice and it's really cool actually because she has a really different insight into that town so yeah spotted by locals that's a pretty good resource isn't and, it and then sometimes you know i i'm I like to go outside of the box. So I, in Georgia, which is uh, the country, not the state, great place. It's a really, it's a really up and coming place for foodies. Um, and I just read a couple different articles about this one restaurant and the two chefs, a husband and wife team. And I thought, you know what? These guys, they 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 know more than just food. They've lived in different places in Georgia. And I contacted them and I said, hey, would you be interested in showing me around your country? Uh, food wise I want to go to more than just your restaurant and they are they're like yeah we actually we, we want to show people our food culture not just run, run a restaurant and so now I'm working with them to to actually have some really cool experiences that most let's say normal tour guides would not even think of offering that's a really innovative idea actually to do that and I mean I found working with you as a as a business partner that you've always been spectacular at finding these really cool off the beaten path kind of experiences uh, like from olive oil farmers to really interesting restaurants that I wouldn't have even known existed so so that's just kind of how you do it then is you you network through you know different like what guidebooks friends whatever to try and find these people that have interesting businesses and then you contact them yeah and you know sometimes it's good to get off TripAdvisor because they're just going to yeah. be like, here's everyone who comes here. They're going to see they're going to go to the same 50 restaurants and they rank them. They rank them however they rank them. And, you know, you're not going to find you're not going to find any really hidden gems that way because mm -hmm. uh, there's some places that just, you know, that that only truly only the locals know about and they're not going to write them up in TripAdvisor. Uh, and so you almost they're all almost invisible. And so those are the things if you can make a friend somewhere in a place you're going to. Uh, yeah. and get some get some recommendations uh, from them because there's a lot of hidden places and I think just like we know on our tours guests like these surprises they like the places where they feel like wow we're like the only tourists that are here and this is totally ours we don't have to share it with with anyone else and we're like yeah. special because we must be the first people to find it well, yeah, like the Romanian dinner we had last night with the, that local family, and it was all Romanians, and it was in the middle of absolutely nowhere. So I, I don't know how you found that place. <laughs> yes, if it's, if it's not on GPS, that can be a, actually a really good thing. Yeah, it is really good. And getting back to your point about TripAdvisor, just as a, as a guidebook writer myself, I think TripAdvisor is the worst uh, because the opinions on there are the opinions of random people who maybe haven't even eaten at that restaurant or stayed at that hotel because they don't have to. 
to. Anybody can write a review. And I remember a few years ago, hotels in Rome were, would I go there for the Rick Steves guidebook to update? They would be so mad because they'd say, oh, this other hotel is writing fake reviews of us. And it's just the crowdsourcing of reviews is really not accurate. Also, when you get four-star reviews, five-star reviews of sandwich shops that are being compared to like Michelin-starred restaurants, yeah. which often happens when they rank like the best restaurants in different places. So, yeah, I definitely don't think that TripAdvisor is a particularly good uh, resource, personally. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is that, you know, you if you a lot of times when you look at like, oh, there's all these great reviews of this, some little place and there's one bad review. And you read the bad review and it's like by one person who's never written any other reviews. So it's like, Really, you've only eaten at one place and you gave that like a one star. And that's like when you're like, <laughs> yeah, that someone else paid that person to go there and like, you know, trash, trash the place. Or so, not go there. I mean, that's or, the thing. Or, yeah, or, there's, or, no, there's no way to know if people have actually been there. So that is just a, a resource that I'm yeah. not particularly Yeah, there's there's the, There's so much. There's. I mean, the problem is there's so much information out there. It's kind of hard to figure it out. So figure out different platforms or different sites or whatever that um, that you trust or that you like to read, and you don't have to stick with TripAdvisor or Yelp or certain big kind of yeah. platforms that everyone uses because that's that's you're probably not gonna you're not gonna have that awesome find just by going through mainstream channels. Yeah, but I do like your creative way of actually reaching out to. Um, to somebody who's a local. And that just kind of clued me into this one idea that I've had recently, which is when I go to a place and I want to get to know a local, I go onto social media and find the person who is writing the most on social media about that. Like, for example, bloggers who have a, a presence in a certain city. And you can actually just email those people and start talking to them. And that's the cool thing about social media, actually, in my opinion, is you could, if, you, if there's a restaurant you're interested in, you can just send those people an email or shoot them a private message on any of the social media platforms and typically they will talk to you yeah so you gotta you gotta you gotta get out out of the out of the box and and j just there's just start looking at different at, at different ideas there and even like i mean something i've never used is couch surfing that's just like isn't my cup of tea but there's people i know who use couch surfing not to actually sleep at someone's couch but they just like they just go and say okay i'm gonna meet this person for coffee yeah. you know and it just it, and you don't know much about them but i mean it's i've heard nothing but good things from friends of mine that have done that and i, I think yeah well why not let you're gonna show up somewhere get 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 some local perspective on thing especially yeah. when it's not just from a completely like tourism guide i'm you, you where you have to pay the person a fee and things like that sure so since you're kind of my guru for finding the the undiscovered corners of the world what are the destinations you're looking at right now what are what do you think is up and coming um well i would say it's it's been on my radar for a long time is uzbekistan uh which is one of the mini stans but it, it uh it has Places like that, it has things that make Europe look really new. Like when you go to Europe and you think, God, America's really young. You go to a place like Uzbekistan, you're like, wow, Europe's pretty young because this is really old. That That's a place. Um, okay, uh, I'm just going to be yeah, completely yeah, ignorant yeah. here. I have no idea what's in Uzbekistan. What's uh, in Uzbekistan? Well, the, the, the Silk Road went through there. Okay. And, and uh, Tamerlane, which was, let's say, uh, kind of like the... Genghis Khan of his time came out of there and conquered quite a bit of territory. So it has a it has a long history. 
but like many sands, it's like it's it's in a part of the world that you don't really know where it's at. It was under in under the Soviet Empire for a long time, and now it's it's independent, and it's really not on the news much at all. So for good or for bad reasons. Uh, so it's kind of invisible. But for people who want to, let's say, go way back and see some uh, see some amazing architecture and really get off the grid, I think the, the, the Stans in Central Asia is a is a place to start. I think we, we just had some guests on our tour that was in uh, that were in Uzbekistan and Turkmenistan, which is even like, you know, probably one of the least visited countries in the entire planet. So <laughs> Well, and that's definitely if you want to go weird, that's a good direction. But and those places typically tend to be, I would say, safe. I don't know. Well, I mean, of course, you got to do your due diligence. I mean, sometimes yeah. when you're not in the news, like you know, you really have to do more work because you you don't really know what the the political situation there or the social situation is there. I know that Uzbekistan is is safe by our standards, but the way things are in the world, something could change, and then you'd be like, oh, okay. This is a no-go zone. So I always do kind of keep an eye on on things. And I try to talk with people who are either in a country or, let's say, know a lot about it to get to get their perspective so I'm not just reacting to what's on CNN or BBC. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, that, I think, as far as Romania goes, uh, has been one of the great surprises of being here is I think that if we ever hear anything about Romania, it's not positive. I mean, it's not a country that's covered in a way that you see all the beautiful things it's like oh there's civil unrest or i don't know gymnastics or communism (laughs) i don't know or gypsies or whatever there's so many weird things that people associate with romania and so far i would say that it's been pretty surprising Yeah. yeah and we we we've spent four days here we we haven't really done anything that's communist or vampire related or 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 um or uh gold medal gymnastic related so yeah so even places that you think you know something about you may not know anything about at all and that's kind of the fun part of of doing weird travel i guess we could call it unusual yeah. travel unusual travel unusual travel so yes yeah so well thank you andrew for chatting with me about your uh particular skill of finding these unusual destinations for us. And uh, Andrew and I have collaborated on a number of tours, and I'm sure we will be collaborating again in the next year or two on maybe some Stans, maybe some Georgia. Yes. Something. I don't know. I'll, where I end up in these weird places because Andrew says, hey, let's you, go. Because you, you will come. I will plan it, and you will come. Yeah. And then other people will come, and then everyone else will be like, why didn't we go on that tour? That seems to be what people do is that, yeah, we, we have a hard time selling them on these weird idea tours. And then, you know, the handful of people who who like to come, the adventurous ones come, and then everybody else wonders why they stayed home. So this is just our, our notice to all of y'all. When we put something weird up on the board, just trust us. It's, well, trust Andrew, maybe not me. <laughs> trust both of us. Yeah. And come in, come in on the first wave. You want to be like one of those people who are like, I was there before everyone else was. And, yeah. yeah. Or if, if not, you could still come the second time, but... <laughs> yeah, you got you put some faith in us. We're 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 doing a good job. Yep. Well, thanks for talking to me today, Andrew. And this has been sure. another episode of Drinks with Sarah. If you want to contact Andrew, your website is savortheexperiencetours.com. Yeah. And mine is of course, as always, adventureswithsarah.net. And we'll see you on the flip side, hopefully on a weird tour. Cheers. Ciao.